Peters, you're a young journalist and not the most experienced in covering politics. What do you do? Joining us today are two people who know what you do, Dana Kozlov and Eleni Demertsis. And hello, I'm Carol Marine. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. So, you want to be a reporter? In today's episode, we'll be talking about reporting on politics. Dana Kozlov is a political investigative reporter for CBS2 in Chicago with over 30 years of journalistic experience. And Eleni Demertsis started her career not that many years ago as a journalist, but now works as a strategist and spokesperson for the Illinois House Republicans. So Dana, you've worked how many TV stations in your career? I've actually only worked at three, um, and CNN Chicago in the Bureau as a field producer. So if you count that, it's four in almost 31 years. What cities? Peoria and Chicago, just the two. And the emphasis in the beginning of your career, was it on politics? No, it was on learning what I was doing as a reporter in the field, um, in all seriousness. You know, it was my first job, and the emphasis... Uh, I was a general assignment reporter, and I actually was a part-time general assignment reporter for $5 an hour, 20 hours a week is how I started. And so in a way, that gave me an opportunity to really truly learn how to field report because it's a, you know, it is a skill. It's a skill, and um, it was a little bit trial by fire even though I majored in broadcast journalism. So I just covered everything from the sale uh, or a grain auction sale. That was my, f- my first story. And I was like, I don't even know what a grain or a grain elevator is. And then, you know, I just sort of worked my way around all different subjects. But you end up landing on politics in one of the most political cities you're going to find, right. correct? Yep, yep. Um, I mean, I was always interested in politics. Once I started reporting, you know, in that field, even um, on a general sense, I was like, oh, I really enjoy this, and I really enjoy it as a beat as much as you can have it as a beat these days. Why? I found, you know, I, I, I guess that's a, that's a tough question, partly because um, our lawmakers are making decisions that affect everybody's lives, but there's also so much backroom talk and wheeling and dealing and so much more behind the scenes that goes on into what the public decisions or comments are. And you really need to pay attention and I feel try to shine a light on what actually is happening so people, voters, understand why they're voting for who they're voting. I mean, that's the most simplistic off the top of my head way I can put it. We'll take a short break, and when we return, Eleni diverts us. Let me see if I understand this, Eleni diverts us. Okay. You came to DePaul University as a journalism student. Mm-hmm. You graduated and went into journalism, right? Correct. What did you do? Well... After a handful of internships, one of which the DePaul Documentary Project, uh, I graduated from DePaul in hopes to be a journalist. Uh, After I graduated, I took a job with Suburban Life Publications, which at the time was a fairly large 
media outlet out in the western suburbs covering all sorts of uh, different aspects of village government in Lombard, Villa Park, Elmhurst, basically most of DuPage County. And while I was getting started there, the world of journalism slowly was starting to shrink and I knew that I probably needed to find something new to do. And as I was covering all these beats out in the western suburbs, I met a handful of state legislators that I was covering during my time there. And they said to me, would you ever be interested in trying this side of politics and government? I left the world of journalism and took a job over at the House Republican Caucus uh, for the leader at the time, who was Tom Cross. And so that is how my world in politics and government began. So you've worked for a U.S. senator, an Illinois governor, state Republican lawmakers. How did you find life on the other side of journalism? I think initially, of course, it was very difficult because as a journalist, you're used to not being biased and used to having, you know, to represent both sides of every story. And then you move to the other side, <laughs> the dark side, and now you are spinning things in the direction that most, you know, will most benefit who your principal is or who you're working for. And so I think initially that was difficult, being a journalism major and student and a reporter, trying to get to that side. But I also think that being a reporter really helped me uh, excel, I think, a little bit in this field because I understood as a reporter what you need to cover and how you do your job. And so I'm not going to pitch you on something that I think, you know, is out of your zone of what you cover, or I'm not going to pitch you an incomplete story. When we come back, more about how to get around a politician's pesky talking points. So you go interview a lawmaker, a legislator, a politician, and that person's got talking points, yeah, right? Always. And your job is to cut through the talking points and get to something meaningful and substantive. How do you do it? Well, I think uh, an important you know, part of that is research. You, you have to read up as much as you can on what this lawmaker has said and done in the past. And sometimes that research is simply because you've covered that person and you know. And that, that's the ultimate gift. If you truly are a political beat reporter, and I'm not necessarily a daily political go to every city council meeting beat reporter. So that's a whole other conversation, um, not by choice necessarily. But I think that's that's key is you need to you need to know what they've said in the in the past, what they voted on or how they voted or what legislation they've proposed and um, pay attention to the nuances of what they're saying. But I will tell you and it's, you know, I feel silly even saying this to you. I mean, you know, getting getting them to stop speaking, uh, uh, you know, on their talking point. Uh, menu or off their talking point menu, sometimes you just have to interrupt them and say, well, wait a second, that's not true because two months ago you said this. So it takes preparation and paying attention. So reporters are busy. Politicians are busy. How do you insist achieve an interview with a busy mayor or a busy governor 
you all you can do is just keep inundating them with requests or if you know they're going to be somewhere and you really need to talk to them you need to go find them and sometimes if you're able it means sticking a microphone in their face you know as they're walking out of an event not as easy to do nowadays as it used to be though um that was a, i mean i remember literally when um former president barack obama was a senator a u.s senator i now i interviewed him several times in springfield so i wasn't a when he was a state lawmaker yes and then now he was the u.s senator and there was all this talk he was going to run for president and i don't remember why i was chasing him um but he was at an event and I <laughs> I literally chased him into an elevator at at the Drake or something and he's like okay Dana <laughs> come up one question and uh, now granted he knew who I was so that helped otherwise that would have been a problem but um, sometimes it just takes sheer determination what's the trick in getting an interview with a busy or a reluctant politician what should reporters know I think the best bet uh, is, A, to establish a good relationship with the spokesperson or the comms director or the elected official themselves. And just also the key is, I think, transparency, and it goes both ways uh, for both sides. But I think, you know, nothing will upset a politician or his staff more than someone saying, hey, you know, reports saying, I want to do this interview, it's on this topic, and then you go sit down, and then it's a, you know, gotcha interview. I mean, that that would just make me very angry to have to participate in that, because usually most of the time how I have worked with reporters, and I think most of them would tell you this, is that, you know, just be straight with me. You know, we'll answer the questions to the best of our ability. So you're at a press conference. Chances are you're only going to get one question squeezed in in the scrum. How do you do that? Well, um, up until, for instance, our current mayor, where her current press person gives everybody two questions very, you know, in a very organized way. One way is you're, you have to be loud, <laughs> which is really intimidating early on. You have to be loud, and you have to shout it out um, if that's the sort of environment, the scrum-like environment it is. Um, so that partly is just being bold and... Um, being heard and I think that also it also helps if you've been around for a while but honestly I mean don't you agree with me sometimes you just have to be loud and on point and insist insist, insist that you be answered yeah well right once you are actually acknowledged y you have to and that means if they say something you have you cannot be afraid to challenge what they've just said you know you have to say well no you know, uh, that's not what I asked you. I need you to answer X. When you were a younger reporter, <laughs> yeah. were you that bold? Oh, no, 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 no. When I was a younger reporter, I, I was pretty bold always, but no, I wasn't. It's intimidating. It's an intimidating environment because, first of all, if you're a younger reporter and you're still learning the players and you're learning how everything works, that in and of, of itself is very intimidating. So... Sometimes that's just, okay, I'm going to watch how this all unfolds, and then I'll try to get my question in. Um, and then once I felt more comfortable in that environment, you know, these are still powerful people, relatively speaking. And if you're 26 years old, it, it, it takes a lot of sort of, you know, pep talking 
Hope internally yeah. to say, all right, I'm going to do it. And you just have to you just have to do it. So, no, I was no. It, that takes a lot, I think, for me. Maybe not everyone. But on another subject, what are the skills of a really great political reporter? I don't know if I'm the one to ask. Oh, I think you are one to ask. I do. Um, oh, boy. Um, I, again, I think it's understanding the system and understanding the, the players. That's important. You mean knowing who they are. But then I think it's an ability to get to to get past those talking points. Um, I, well, first of all, I think you have to have institutional knowledge of, of, let's say, Chicago. You're covering Chicago. You really do have to have an understanding of how Chicago works and what has happened in the past. And that takes time and reading and experience. That just does. That's not easy. But then beyond that, I think it's cutting through being able to pull out and recognize little sentences that are basically saying nothing or that are not truths that you are then able to um, you know, challenge. But I also think it's, it's, and this is where, this is more what I'm doing as opposed to doing the go to every meeting and, and report on what they said. What my station wants me to do is find maybe a little, someone says something and you go, oh, that's a story. There's a story in that comment. What do you mean uh, we're going to um, build a, I don't know, whatever, a, you know, a bike path in Inglewood? With what money? Wait, what? Wait, who? You know, it's being able to just sort of hear something and then spend time looking into it because there's always a story behind it. As opposed to being spoon-fed with a press release right. or a press conference or, or something like that. Right. Now, back to our conversation with Eleni Demertzis. Were there things that you witnessed or encountered that gave you kind of an aha moment that as a reporter you might not have noticed, but as someone working on a political side, suddenly it seems, ah. I think the most eye-opening thing I learned uh, when I moved over to the other side, the dark side, and after, it didn't come right away, but after years, is that party identifica- identification isn't as toxic or as extreme as you think it is, and that most people, most elected officials, most, not all, actually all do want to work together, and they actually do have a lot of, there are a lot of good relationships behind closed doors uh, that of people from both sides of the aisle trying to work together, and I think that that's something that some people might not want out there because of whatever, you know, politics reasons, but they are actually working with their counterparts to get things done. And I think that was a really great thing to learn that that happens and it's great to be a part of it. We'll take a short break and when we come back, we'll hear from Dana Kozlov about how to build relationships with politicians and their representatives. Do you have relationships with politicians? Do you have lunch with them? Do you go for a drink with them? Are you social with them? How does it work? You know, I've always been really wary about crossing that line between um, getting to know them and having a good relationship with them, let's say, by phone or conversation, 
and then taking it a step further and saying, well, let's sit down and have lunch. And I realize that that's a very normal thing to do. So I, I have um, relationships with several lawmakers where I can, you know, I've got their cell phone numbers, I can call them, they'll actually pick up and they'll talk to me, they'll talk to me off the record, um, you know, with a good, I don't know, 10 or so. But um, I, I am not one to say beyond maybe a cup of coffee, let's do that. So I don't make, I don't make a habit of that, but partly Carol is because I, I would have to do that, I'll be honest with you, you know, after my 10-hour day or on my days off. And um, if necessary, I would do that. But otherwise, it's just it's an exhausting business too. And so if I can work it into my day, I might be more inclined to do that. But I'm really careful about the let's have lunch, let's have dinner thing. I was too. Yeah. It's a tricky, it's a tricky line to walk. It really is. That's another area we talked about with Eleni Demertzis. So as a political operative, as a political consultant, are you comfortable going off the record with reporters? Oh, absolutely. I think off the record uh, is a really great way to build good relationships with reporters and just get to know them. And sometimes I think, look, the way I see this role and working with reporters is, you know, I have a job to do, reporters have a job to do. And I think once we can each recognize what each other's goals are and respect them, I think we can get to a pretty good in-between where we can accomplish both of our goals. And I think there's times when, uh, and again, this goes into building relationships with reporters, and that's key for people in my field to do. I think it's very important. I've spent years getting to know a lot of these reporters in Illinois personally as well as professionally because first off it helps me understand okay what should I pitch them on what shouldn't I pitch them on what stories do I never want them to know about what stories do I want them to know about um, and I think that that's really helped get my relationships and them to respect me and know that you know I'm telling them honestly a lot of times what's going on sometimes they know I'm not going to be able to talk about something and if I can talk to them a little bit about it off the record, I think that goes a long way because then they understand I'm not just stonewalling them and, you know, trying to avoid it. Look, I, you know, I can't talk about this, but, you know, I can tell you a little bit off the record. Let me explain. And it usually helps them understand a little more about the landscape of whatever's going on in regards to whatever the issue is. But let's just say a politician is being covered. The story is negative. Do you need to freeze that reporter out from future coverage? No, absolutely not. And it, it obviously depends on the story, too. I mean, it depends on the hit. So if it's, I mean, there's been times over the years uh, where I've had a lot of hits come at me from a lot of reporters with a lot of different people I've worked with. And usually when, you know, if it's a, I don't want to call it a good hit, but if it's a fair hit, I mean, my response to the reporter is, all right, give me X amount of time, I'll get you something. And I'm usually not going back into the bunker saying, okay, let's lie and say that this never happened when they have like a video of whoever doing something or a text or whatnot. But I think that, you know, it's just key that the transparency are just, you're always out there. And I just, I think icing people out for reasons like that is wrong. Now, if it's a shady, and there are some reporters that do do that, you know, they try to find something that, try to tie two things together that are they do not relate and just to make a sexy news story yeah sometimes you're like yeah we're not talking to you for a while 
ever gotten in a screaming match with one of them? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, some, it happens, I think, not just on my end. I mean, I've been the recipient of screaming on their end at times. Uh, it's, it, it's part of the part of the game, I think. Um, but I think that uh, at the at the end of it all, I mean, we all just again. I think once you recognize, you know, each other's goals and what you guys are trying to accomplish, you can usually get to an in between. But yeah, no, there's been some screaming matches. Now let's return to our conversation with Dana Kozlov. So they're press people. Have you ever gotten into an argument? with a spokesman, spokeswoman for the campaign, for the politician? Well, just last night. <laughs> <laughs> just last night? <laughs> yes, just last night, in fact. Um, it was more of a uh, an argument and a debating of, of a fact I'd reported or and also a fact I fact-checked with one of the gubernatorial candidates, uh, campaign person. And yeah, I've gotten in, uh, yeah, yes, I've gotten in so many of them. Um, if they really don't like something you've reported, they'll let you know in many cases. Now, if it's factually incorrect, okay, tell me. I had a, I made a, a really bad mistake um, in haste uh, during the primary, and I inadvertently, I mean, I didn't even catch it. My executive producer didn't catch it. I was doing something related to abortion. I mean, could there be a more volatile issue? Right. Mm -hmm. And I inadvertently, you know, because I was doing two or three packages that day in the afternoon, tracked um, it, something to the effect of he's, you know, proudly pro-choice or something. It was it was such a it was it was it was an honest mistake. No one I didn't even catch it. Clearly, he was not pro-choice. It was quite the opposite. I just messed up one word. I don't remember the, exactly the sentence. And I didn't even know until the campaign called. And I immediately said, all right, we're going on the air. We'll retract it. I will fix it. We will, you know, and so I'm fine with that. It's my mistake. Not acceptable. But, yeah, I've gotten into, I mean, I've gotten into battles. Camps have narratives. Mm -hmm. Reporters have stories. Mm -hmm. And sometimes... They are in a collision course. Yeah, yeah. And so that can be hard, but you got to stand your ground. If you are right and factually factually correct, and you know, then you got to go to battle, and it is, it's not always pleasant. Does it wreck your ability to have access? Um, I think it can, um, unfortunately. It shouldn't. It really shouldn't, I mean. But it, it absolutely can because if they feel – that maybe you are not a favor, you don't see this candidate or this elected official favorably, whether they're right or wrong, um, or they're wary of your honesty in some cases, uh, they may be less inclined to offer you, uh, let's say, one-on-one -on -one access. So, Eleni, if you feel you've been burned by a reporter, mm -hmm. do you ever let them cross your path again? Do you ever talk to them? Yes and no. I mean, I think a few years ago it would have been different because there were just so many more reporters and it was a lot easier to say, well, forget that person. Uh, but now it's a little bit more difficult because, like I said earlier, there's just less people covering more of this. And I can't burn 
someone at one media outlet because that's probably the only person at that media outlet right now that's covering whatever race I'm working on or whoever I'm working for, and that makes it very difficult to do. Sure, I might not be as ecstatic to you know reach out to them if I have to, but I usually won't. I, I, I can't recall the last time I was in a situation like that where I haven't spoken to somebody. At the end of the day, it's your reputation, though. Correct. correct? That's 100% correct. Your reputation is everything in this field. And so you have to have some sort of boundaries, some sort of guidelines mm -hmm. for yourself, whether you're a journalist, as you were, correct. or as a political operative, which you are. Correct, correct. And I think that, you know, having a good reputation speaks volumes. And I think that sometimes, you know, I, I was writing down some notes for this. And I said, if you were to ask me, what are the challenges of working in this field? And I, and I wrote down dealing with the egos. And that's not just the egos of the politicians, but sometimes the egos of the reporters that, you know, you're trying to explain to them an issue sometimes, especially when you're talking about government and these laws that are very complex. And sometimes some reporters think that they know a little bit better than you do. And you're like, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> Let me explain. And so I think that it's just key to never let your ego get the best of you on either side. A lot of spokes persons um, that work for important people, I think, let that get to them, and it rubs reporters the wrong way. And I don't blame them, because it would rub me the wrong way, too. And so I think the most important thing is just to always, you know, not get overconfident and, you know, ask questions as often as you can and make sure you have the whole story. And I know that's a little bit of difficult now, like we were saying, just because of the thinness of the media landscape, but I just think the more questions, the better, and I think it's more important to get a good quality news story out there with accurate information than something mediocre that has a lot of errors. I think it can do a huge disservice to people. Well, you know, there are good reporters and bad reporters. There are good people mm -hmm. who do political communication, and some maybe not as good, right? Sure. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Dana Kozlov about how she separates her own political views from her reporting. Do you have difficulty balancing your own political views with doing a story? Well, I think, I don't think I have difficulty with it in general, but yeah, sometimes, you know, you have to be, um, honestly, you just have to, if you really don't agree with something internally, you have to work that much harder to be as subjective as you can when you are reporting, let's say, the side you don't like. You just have to say, this is information, this is how they see it. If there's a fact error, okay, you got to point that out. But, but otherwise... You can't be Dana Kozlov, the Republican, Dana Kozlov, the Democrat, no. the Libertarian. No, no, you can't. You can't. And, and it can be hard, I, for me at least, on certain subjects or certain comments that, you know, might, I, I might find to be just egregious for whatever reason. You can't. You can't. You can't do it. You have to try to stay as impartial as possible. And yeah, I, I'm sorry, that's, that can be very difficult. But you know you're doing an okay job <laughs> when either side, let's say, 
in the span of a few months doesn't like you. you of being <laughs> for the other side and then i'm like well all right <laughs> then good everyone hates me <laughs> that must be fair yeah. what advice do you have for young reporters just coming out um i'm pretty old school so um i i really believe sort of the advice i was given if you really want to be a reporter first of all take that first job wherever it is wherever it is Entrench yourself in that environment. Read everything you can. Meet as many people as you can. Don't walk in and assume you know anything, by the way. Th that You don't. You, if you are a brand new reporter, you don't know much. You might be the smartest person in the world as a student, but you don't know how it, uh, the newsroom works. You don't know how you know, uh, to field report quite yet. So work hard. Do everything they ask you to do. Don't open your mouth. <laughs> this, is, this is advice I got from a professor. Don't open your mouth unless it's to ask questions and be a sponge and just work hard. And if that first job is in, and you really want this, is in a small town, um, whether on the print, digital, or the television side, and it's a job that you can get and actually do, you know, do the reporting you want to do, take it. Do not expect that you're going to start in a big market. I know it's more common these days, but take that job and just put your head down and learn, be a sponge, and work. Make it your own. Yeah, make it your own, and don't be afraid to acknowledge that you're learning. No one expects a brand-new reporter to be you know, a veteran. Dana Kozlov, thank you so much. Thank you, Carol. It was great talking with you. You've seen a lot of journalists. What are the things that young journalists especially need to know or remember? What, what was the most essential tool for you as a brand new journalist? Do you remember? As a brand new journalist, I would just say, I mean, the most... I mean, the, the best thing I ever did was all the internships that I did before I became a journalist, uh, meaning before I became a reporter with the DePaul Documentary Project, but also at the Chicago Tribune. Um, just kind of went a little bit of everywhere and tried a little bit of everything to see what I really liked. And I think the only real way you can learn is through experience. And you can, classes are great and you can learn a lot, but the hands-on experience is key. And I just think networking and talking to people and, you know, never letting an opportunity pass if you can get to know someone and learn from their experiences because everyone has their own experiences and you can always learn something new, I think. And that's, I would think that that's key. Well, you do us a great service oh, by you. sharing your views. You really do. Thank you. I mean, it's been a wild ride and I'm happy to be here back at DePaul. We're proud to have you, honey. From this former political editor and reporter, thank you for listening to this episode of So You Want to Be a Reporter. I'm Carol Marine. This podcast was produced by Monique Malima, music by Max Duggan. You can listen to this and future episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Thank you so much for tuning in.